Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. For those of you who don't already know me, my name is Stephen Thomas. Uh, I'm a postulate for holy orders, uh, hoping to become a, soon a priest in the Episcopal Church in the coming years. St. James is my ascending parish, and I wish to thank all of you for the amazing support that you've all given me in the past few years in this process. I feel called by God to serve as a bivocational priest, which means I would continue my job as a civil engineer but I would help small churches in, in the area that can't afford a rector on the weekends. I want to thank Reverends Philip, Cheryl, and Gray for giving me this opportunity to preach today. I further thank them for the chance to speak to you on this Sunday as we honor the Feast of the Transfiguration. They've given me the chance to speak from the rich readings we just heard. This is a fascinating and admittedly a challenging subject matter. My goal is to make it a bit more relatable to you, with God's help. So we just heard the gospel reading from Luke that tells of Jesus' journey to the mountaintop with Peter, John, and James. It's a somewhat mysterious story that includes some sort of special effects, prophets long dead like Moses and Elijah, Peter boarding out as usual, and then God speaking, himself speaking to the disciples and putting them in their place. Then following all this excitement, everything just somehow goes back to the way it was before, just the four of them on top of the mountaintop. And they kept silent in those days and told no one any of the things they had seen. Fascinating. I should add that the other two Gospels that contain this story, Matthew and Mark, do explain the reason more fully. They add that Jesus told the disciples not to tell anyone about what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This was because he knew that his identity as the Savior must remain unknown in order for the scriptures to be fulfilled. Jesus went to the mountaintop in the first place to pray. Jesus prayed quite a bit, by the way, and while we all hopefully seek to emulate his example, I can tell you that praying more is a good solid start. Once he was there and praying, he was transfigured to become this dazzling image in white. Then both Elijah and Moses show up and to talk with Jesus. Now, if you don't remember anything else I tell you today, remember that th this was the purpose of the trip to the mountaintop. For Jesus to receive counsel from these wise men on what he must do in Jerusalem, to give him strength and purpose, and to encourage him along the impossibly difficult road that he must travel. I mean, imagine that you had to die soon for a greater purpose. Might be good to get some encouragement for some of your dad's old friends on earth, huh? In our first reading today from Exodus, we heard that while he was alive, Moses was also transfigured from his own mountaintop experience, made to glow from his time in the presence of God. That must be quite an experience. Well, I believe we will all find out when we ultimately join them in God's kingdom. So this wonderful support and encouragement has been given to our soon-to-be Savior, and all Peter can say is, 
hey, can't we just stay here? Leave it to Peter to always say the things that maybe would have been best unsaid or things that's a little bit too raw or real for polite company. Maybe even those things that could most easily be perceived as selfish thing to say. Yes, all of those are ways we can characterize Peter and his propensity to blurt out whatever comes to his mind. Peter, who Jesus chose to be the rock on which his church would be built. But why Peter? All right, hold that thought for a moment. Those of you who know me know that I love the beach. I mean, most of us do who choose to live here, but I really love the beach. For me, the beach is a number of things spiritually. I see God in the cycle of the waves, the sand deposits and the tides, the rhythmic nature of both God's creation of the earth and his ever presence with us. I see his people on the beach and the creatures in the sea and those flying above it. I feel the breeze and everything just seems to make sense. I talk with God almost every time I get to go there and I feel like he hears me. I almost never want to leave the beach. I feel as close to my maker there as anywhere else, other than maybe in a church. There is a peace in the experience that makes me want to ignore the rest of my demands and stay right there. Now, I'm going to ask each of you to think of a moment and time in your place in your life where you were completely content. A moment that you never would have left but for worldly responsibilities. I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes, though you can if it helps, but I really want you to take a moment to find that place where you were truly happy, safe, and content. And stay there just for a moment in your mind. Seriously, go ahead. I want us to all pause and consider this honestly. If you were in such a place, wouldn't you want to stay there? Away from uncertainty? Away from hate and hardship? Away from the pain of life? Well, in today's episode of What Will Peter Say Today? We see him witness an amazing, inexplicable event. Peter then expresses boldly that he wishes to stay there and not go back to the throngs of followers at the bottom of the mountain, to the judging and the challenging Sadducees and Pharisees. It's a life on normal earth after following such an otherworldly experience. Why not just stay there on the mountaintop? Can you really blame him? No, of course you don't. Well, that's all that Peter wanted. Jesus chose Peter to be the rock that his church was to be built on because Peter exemplified us so well. He knew that we humans are flawed sinners, that we would best relate to another flawed sinner. Jesus knows that we're flawed and he loves us anyway, just as he loved Peter. No matter what we do or the poor, selfish choices we make, Jesus loves each and every one of us. Now that's some good news. It's been said that the purpose of the church is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Just as Peter, you and I are not meant to remain comfortable. We cannot remain in our happy places and ignore the call, to serve, call of God to serve others. We cannot simply attend church regularly, see our friends, receive communion, and feel that we are fully living into our pledge as Christians. 
Of course, we are all forgiven and washed in His blood. And yes, we will receive eternal salvation. But we're challenged to do more than simply enjoy the blessings we've been given. We are asked by Jesus, commanded actually, to fully and completely love our neighbors as we love ourselves and tell others about Him. God said on the mountaintop, This is my Son, my Chosen. Listen to Him. Well, that still applies to us just as much as it did to Peter, John, James that evening. We need to listen to the teachings of Jesus and go forth from here in gratitude for all that we have and act in love for God and all of our neighbors. Amen. Amen.